If you're not listening to the Smoke World Podcast, you're wasting your time, you mortal. What's up, folks? Welcome to another episode of Smoke World. I'm your host, Stone. So go grab that stick. Go grab a glass, whatever you're drinking. Let's sit back and have a conversation. You can follow me on Instagram at SmokeWorld50. Again, I tell you this every time, folks. Send those emails into SmokeWorld50 at gmail.com. Today, we are privileged to have the head of government affairs from the PCA, Joshua Haberski's in the building. What's up, Josh? How you feeling, sir? Thank you so much. Excited to join the program today. I, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the conversation. I just wish we were uh, sharing a cigar right now. Oh, man, wouldn't that be great at this moment? Speaking of that, brother, speaking of cigars, we're going to start with a pedigree. Where are you from? So I am from originally Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, almost uh, at the Canadian border there. So grew up in a, a hockey town and, uh, you know, moved to Washington, D.C. about 10 years ago uh, to go to grad school and have uh, been here ever since. So I kind of call D.C. my home now, but, um, you know, still have, uh, you know, my family and, and parents are, are in Erie. So make some frequent trips back there. Oh, wow, Erie, that's snowy, it's kind of cold, lake area. Okay, so you're up in the mountains a little bit up there, brother. Yeah, right, right on the lake. It's, uh, it's nice, uh, nice in the fall, uh, but those winters, I mean, we're one of the you know, top snowiest cities in the, the continental U.S. Uh, we, I think last year, we're number one. It a lot of times rotates between Syracuse and Erie, so... Yeah, that's why you're down in DC. You never went back. He said, "I'm staying down <laughs> never here. I, I can deal with this, but uh, the snow, I'm I'm done with that. I'm done." Yeah. Okay, so you're down in DC. Now you're down in school. What school did you say you go to? What, what school was that? Uh, so I uh, I got my master's from Georgetown University. Georgetown University. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so you did all that. You're from area you're in DC, getting your education. So how do you end up? with the PCA. First of all, what is the PCA? Tell folks what the PCA is so they can have an idea because I know we hear these terms PCA, PCA, but I don't think folks really know what takes place yeah. or what the PCA is. Can you give a breakdown on what that is? For sure. The uh, PCA, you know, we're, it stands for Premium Cigar Association. We used to be IPCPR, which was the International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers Association. And, you know, most people, when they hear the phrase in the cigar world, they think of the, the trade show that we host every year, um, you know, in Las Vegas. I know it's been uh, in other locations, but, you know, for the last few years in Las Vegas, the largest trade show in the premium cigar space. Um, and, um, but we're uh, a traditional trade association. We represent, you know, 3,000 plus re brick and mortar retailers um, and, and advisory board manufacturers. So my role at the PCA is the head of government affairs fighting state and federal, um, you know, policies 
that are, you know, run counter. If, if there's any issues, we try and defeat like tax, tax policies, tax increases to premium cigars or smoking bans, um, things like that. Um, so, you know, we're very active in all 50 states and at the federal level, um, you know, as the chief lobbyist, I deal with the Food and Drug Administration, the White House, Congress, um, you know, and the state legislature. So it's a, a very exciting role. Um, I got into this role. Um, I'm actually coming up on my two year anniversary of being um, an in-house uh, staff at PCA. But I was a consultant for a year prior to that, um, working on grassroots campaigns and building CigarAction.org, which is our consumer and retail website where people can go and write letters to Congress, write letters to their uh, state elected officials. But I've been a, a lobbyist in, in the trade association space for a while. I uh, started with the American Motorcyclist Association, uh, did a stint at the Diabetes Association, and then uh, also worked for the Independent Community Bankers of America. So many different issue areas. I finally landed um, you know, in something with the PCA. It, it really is my dream job. I mean, I'm a an avid cigar enthusiast. I remember, you know, when I was 18, 19 years old in college, um, my college professor introduced me to cigars. And, um, you know, I've never looked back since. And, I, I, you know, it's amazing now to work with some of the people like, you know, as a cigar enthusiast in college, I looked up to, you know, people like Rocky Patel and Alan Rubin and George Padron um, as if they were like professional athletes and celebrities. And now having the ability to work with them, um, you know, it, it's it's surreal at times. I like I, I, <laughs> that sounds I, I'm cool. very fortunate. Now, I'm, I'm intrigued with the lobbyist part of this. So, you know, we're radio, so we have to paint the picture for the theater of the mind type of scenario here. So you're a lobbyist. So if you can, I mean, for me, I'm just asking this question. I don't know if the listeners want to hear this, but I do. Forget them. This is our show. So what is your day like, a lobbyist? Are you doing congressional hearings? Are you uh, promoting the premium tobacco? Are we making any differentiations between the vape smoke and things like that? Exactly what is your job? And take me on a day of what would you do on a regular basis? Yeah, you know, it, it varies day to day. Um, you know, prior to becoming the head of government affairs, I was the director of federal affairs. And that was, you know, your traditional lobbyist doing, um, you know, three days a week in the Capitol doing 300 plus meetings a year, um, just educating elected officials and their staffs about what a premium cigar is and what it isn't. So, you know, that that was traditional. We do the hearings. We do um, submit commentary and testimony. Um, but, you know, now a lot of it is through grassroots, working with state association partners, training, um, you know, average cigar enthusiasts, retailers, how to communicate with government. Um, and, and then, you know, doing some of the high level meetings and I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit later in the program, but, you know, for example, in, in Michigan recently, um, we wrote a letter 
because all the cigar lounges were closed in the state um, and asked for a meeting. We met with this. I sell with a regional uh, the president of the Michigan retailers. Um, you know, we, we provided all of the talking points and we're able to successfully, as of yesterday, um, get guidance where Michigan uh, cigar lounges are going to reopen on Monday based on certain criteria. So, you know, we had to do research on ventilation systems. That's how we were able to get um, an exemption for the mask policy. And, um, you know, so, some of it is crunching numbers, you know, health data, small business data, and preparing it and, and getting it to um, the different officials. I, I think Hollywood has, has done a little bit of a disservice to lobbyists. It's not all that <laughs> glamorous. A lot of it's research and writing and, um, you know, just educating folks. When people ask me what I do, you know, I, I first and foremost say I have my dream job. I'm lucky to represent the premium cigar industry. But it really is part educator and part cheerleader. I have to get people excited about some of the most un, most mundane and boring public policy issues that we face uh, and enough to get involved in the political process, which can be um, intimidating. I remember, you know, a decade ago doing my first congressional meeting being uh, intimidated by the marble floors of the Capitol and the statues and like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm in the United States Capitol. And, you know, now after doing thousands of meetings, um, that, that, that comfort levels there. And I want to be able to take and, and teach others. Um, so, you know, regular cigar enthusiasts, and, and get them to tell their story. We, you know, we can tee up legislation and um, provide all the facts and figures and information, but at the end of the day, personal stories are what motivate elected officials. And, you know, that storytelling is a huge element of the role that PCA plays and the role that I play. All right, with all that being said, what do you think, where do we stand as far as, uh, I guess, uh, legislation with the uh, cigar industry. How are they looking at this at this point in time? I know it's a big fight on your end, but are they receptive to this information? Uh, is there a lot of pushback? Where do we stand uh, as far as the premium cigar industry? Yeah, you know, I think that um, we we really have done a good job over the past two years in our, our government affairs department to get the message message out there that, you know, premium cigars are unique. Um, they're not like other tobacco products. Um, I think our biggest risk that we have is getting lumped into um, e-cigarettes and combustible cigarettes. So a lot of times I have to, you know, point out the distinctions, you know, the usage patterns, the users, you know, the average uh, age of, of a cigar enthusiast where they have their first cigar is age 30. And that is, uh, you know, based off of FDA and NIH research. Um, and most cigar enthusiasts have less than two a month. So it's, you know, infrequent use. There's, um, you know, if you're in that average category, there is no additional public health risk than a non-smoker. 
So, you know, we have to combat a lot of that stuff. There's, you know, a, a strong opposition in, in the trade association space. A lot of the, you know, the American Heart Association campaign for tobacco-free kids, they want to lump all of tobacco into one category and will use data for that, you know, holistic category, whereas we have to point out the distinctions of premium cigars. So, you know, that's a, a large part of, of my my job at both the state level and the federal level. I think we've been effective. Um, we've had, you know, some decisive victories in the courts as well. So we uh, successfully sued the Food and Drug Administration twice last year, uh, one with warning labels and then the other was with the substantial equivalence rule. So, you know, basically the FDA wanted premium cigars to have to go through uh, a similar testing regime as combustible cigarettes, um, you know, costly restrictions. Basically, if, if that were to go into effect and we weren't, you know, successful in our lawsuit, the prices of premium cigars would significantly rise because, and, and you would have some of these smaller boutique brands that would be completely wiped off the market because they wouldn't be able to pay, um, you know, all the fees, the legal costs, the testing costs, things like that. So that's a big win where, you know, in the next few years, you're going to see a lot of new products coming to market, um, which is exciting. And, you know, I'm, I myself, um, in January, went to Nicaragua and visited uh, several factories and partnered with um, Ace Prime and Pichardo, Luciano, the, the master blender there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're doing a gift cigar. I'm not selling the cigar, but, um, you know, I bl- worked on a blend based off of my taste profile and my palate. And, um, you know, told Luciano what I wanted. We, you know, refined some of the details. And, you know, for starting next month, I will be giving, instead of a business card, a cigar because that's what I represent. And it, it also represents my personality. Um, we named it El Politico uh, because I'm, you know, involved in the political process. Pretty cool. Um, so, so I, you know, to me, that was the most exciting thing that has happened this year, you know, being able to be involved in the creative process, but also learn about the cigar industry, you know, not only from the retail perspective. Last year, I did 50 retail store visits. This year, I'm planning to do 75 to 100. But, you know, in Nicaragua, I got to see the manufacturing process and, you know, working to design a band, working um, and, and seeing the fermenting barns, the, the farms, the factory, and see how it all comes together. And it's amazing. 200 people will work on a cigar before it comes to market, before you and I are enjoying it as consumers. And, you know, when you really think about the magnitude of that, it, it truly is amazing. Are you looking for a new platform to connect with other cigar smokers, consumers, lounges, and brands while escaping tobacco-related rules of other social media platforms? Then look no further. Stogie Lives, the new social media platform for cigar lovers created by a female. So come join Stogie Lives, S-T-O-G-I-E-L-I-V-E-S dot com where every cigar lover has a place to connect. 
Wow. Like I said, now you, you may have touched us on it briefly. Now, what can the consumer do to assist in this fight? Is there anything that we can do, the layman that's listening to say, okay, you know, I love my premium cigar. This is something I enjoy. This is my lifestyle. What are some of the things that we can do, if anything, to ensure that we get to be able to smoke what we enjoy? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, two quick things that are, are pretty simple, you know, continue to support your brick and mortar retailers, the PCA members, you know, in certain states with COVID and the restrictions, they're, you know, rebounding right now. So they need your business. They need your support. I think that's, you know, first and foremost. But secondly, I mentioned the resource cigaraction.org. Um, that is a consumer facing web portal. And you can see all of the federal and state action alerts um, of all the policies that we're working on as an association. So, you know, if you're in Florida and you want to protect your ability to enjoy a cigar on the beach or in a public park, you can go and write to the elected officials saying, hey, you know, don't ban smoking in you know, these, these public areas. That's an example of a, a live action alert. Um, you know, we've, myself, Glenn Loop, who is working with us as a state advisor, and Scott Pierce, our executive director, you know, we're inching closer to have sifted through 2,000 um, pieces of legislation at the, the state level. So there's a, a ton of stuff that we're researching, you know, making sure that the industry is protected. But we've activated on about 70 different bills. And I would say 30 of them, we've launched grassroots campaigns, which are, you know, available on Cigar Action. So as a consumer, you can go there, take 30 seconds, put your name, email address, address, and it will get sent to your state official, your elected official. Um, and, and I think that, you know, one of the other things that we want to ensure, if you take action on one alert, you'll continually get updated on some of our legislative priorities. Um, so you can be a, an informed and educated consumer. Um, but also like yourself, you know, doing a, a great podcast like this, there are certain things that we're working on to protect the media as, as well. In uh, California, last go around in the, the state legislative session, they tried to ban uh, characterizing flavors. Mm. And based on a, a broad interpretation, the characterizing flavors could mean like if you described, uh, you know, for instance, El Politico, my cigar, we, we, we say that, you know, it has notes of cocoa and old cedar, but in describing that through the, you know, the context of those characterizing flavors that could be prohibited, um, should, you know, if we weren't successful in fighting back and we're fighting back in several States and, and, and where the media comes into play is that you all educate consumers about the product and you should be able to, I think it's a free speech issue. You should be able to inform consumers and say, you know, this has notes of cocoa and nutmeg and describing people to people, the complexity and the, um, you know, characteristics of a cigar. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. So now we're going to switch gears a little bit because I don't want folks eyes to glaze over there. Let's talk about some fun stuff. The PCA trade show. Now, give us the details on what exactly is that, 
Um, we're going to get into it about this year, but just give a little history on the PCH ratio. What happens there? Who goes there? Um, give us a give us a good description. You know, paint the picture for the folks who are listening. What's going on at ratio? It it is truly an an astonishing um, spectacle. It's the Super Bowl of cigars. Everybody and anybody in the industry um, is there. So all the main, you know, manufacturers, the the media outlets, the uh, retailers. Uh, it's a, a fun networking event. Um, we have different panel sessions that are, you know, meant for education purposes. Um, so I host, um, you know, a, a federal affairs update and a panel discussion about advocacy. Also present the state association part. It's part education, part net. And also it's a buying show. I mean, that's where tailors their cigars for the year and you know um you know my first trade show as staff i was like in disneyland as a kid (laughs) Uh, you know we went from booth to booth i did a lot of the interviews for our, our social media and uh i have to say i i think i hold a record in the the days i had 87 cigars wow and uh wow you know got to try stuff that wouldn't be on the market for six to eight months (laughs) i mean it was a a cigar enthusiast paradise and you know it's an industry only trade show there's a lot of you know great consumer events that that are out there but you have to have you know some vested interest in the business of of cigars in order to, to attend this trade show Okay, so let's talk about this year with uh, the COVID. So, now, do we have a date as far as, first of all, will there be a trade show this year, number one? That's the first question. Yes. uh, You know, definitively, there will be a trade show. We are scheduled um, July 9th through the 13th in Las Vegas at the the Sands uh, Expo, which we've, you know, been there for the, the past few years. You know, obviously with COVID, there's a, a ton of evolving factors. You know, there's a variety of contingency plans in place, you know, based off of, you know, government criteria, if they, you know, become more restrictive in Nevada or, or whatnot. You know, this is a smoking show. So, you know, we we cannot inhibit people's ability um, to enjoy cigars on the show floor. That's, you know paramount to the success of the trade show um but you know we we definitely will have a trade show in in 2021 you know last year without having it i think there most people feel that there's there was a void you haven't gotten to see you know the main players in the industry and i i really treat it as a family reunion i mean everybody and anybody is there um i've you know in, in the absence of that, have gone to Miami a few times and visited the manufacturers. And as I mentioned, you know, have gone on the road to 50 store visits last year, you know, several more this year. Um, but it's amazing where you're able to do that network and, you know, kind of 
catch up with everybody in one place under one roof enjoying one passion so you know for anybody in the industry i highly recommend attending the the trade show and you know that that goes for you know media as well so i i hope that you're you're able to join us in oh, July. absolutely i was gonna that was the next question too did josh i was gonna say <laughs> hey man how about podcasts we're media <laughs> absolutely now interestingly at the pca i think i've read something where the PCA actually uh, gives an education to some of the brick-and-mortar personnel if they're interested with some of the uh, tobacconists, university. What's that all about? Can folks sign up for that? I mean, you work in a brick-and-mortar store and you're interested in learning the tobacco industry. Uh, PCA has some tools and some places where you can go where you actually can do that. Is that correct? That is correct. So we've partnered with Tobacconist University. I actually, last year, for one of our uh, video interviews, interviewed Jorge Armenteros, who's the creator of Tobacconist University. He has an amazing book um, that's out. It's available on Amazon. They just did an update. And um, Glenn Loop, who works with us, you know, as I mentioned, at the state level, I believe did the foreword for the new edition. And, um, you know, if you're interested in like the complex process, like I mentioned, going to Nicaragua and seeing it all come together, that paints a good picture and gives you, you know, the primer of the basics of the premium cigar industry from, you know, the farming side, but also the retail and sales side. Um, Last year, I completed my um, cigar sommelier certificate, which is one of the, uh, you know, programs that they offer, um, which was great. I mean, it was informative. It, you know, takes about 30 hours to do, but it can go up to, you know, master tobacconist where, you know, you're doing thousands of hours and, you know, there's a a ton of different requirements. So they have varying levels of Uh, course offerings that you can take but you know for consumers they also have a program for that and in addition to tobacconist university we produce uh, a magazine and a blog um, that provides some of those foundational elements Um, our research assistant recently compiled information how to how to start a cigar shop Um, And that's available at premiumcigars.org. You know, those are free public resources. As as I mentioned, you know, we're we're here to not only defend the industry, but, you know, promote it and and, um, ensure that it thrives and grows in in the future. So, um, you know, I I do recommend Tobacconist University and also the resources that PCA independently produces for free on, on our you know, website and social media. Okay, now, Josh, you said you took a class. Now, for those who don't know, now, Josh is a professor, so he's using these big words like everybody knows <laughs> what's going on. What did you? What class did you complete? What was that again? Which... So it was the Cigar Sommelier Certificate. Sommelier, um, okay. Yeah. See, folks, that's so a big it... word. See, professor's using a big word on us. <laughs> there will be a test after the podcast, so please do study for the test. Okay, now, exactly what is that? What was the course so, like? What were you learning? Uh, how it, difficult? Well, I can't ask you how difficult it was because you're a professor. So your difficulty level <laughs> compared to my difficulty level will be night and day. So, yeah, give it, what is that? It, so, you know, that was basically, you know, I didn't, I'm not a consumer. It, and I worked with Jorge to, to 
find and select the appropriate course. Um, you know, working in the industry, I'm not, you know, you know, the average consumer. So, um, I wanted to do kind of a hybrid and the cigar sommelier is basically if you work at a golf course, a hotel or, you know, um, a certain establishment, let's say a, a high end restaurant and they have a small humidor, I could, with that certificate, I, I have the credentials for that. I'm not a master or, you know, retail tobacconist. I don't have the credential that I could run my own, you know, shop. Um, but I, I have kind of that middle ground. Um, it, it was informative. It wasn't difficult. Um, you know, I use the, the book as a resource to look back you know, after complete, you know, successfully completing the certificate. So it has, you know, long-term use. So I, I do recommend, you know, for anybody, I think they have four, four different course levels, but you can go to Tobacconist University and, and select the one that fits um, the criteria that you, you fall into. Okay, I'm just letting you know, Josh. Nobody's going to believe you when you say it's not difficult. Just going to let you know that ahead of time. <laughs> just let you know ahead of time. Now, what do you smoke, brother? What, what do you enjoy? What type of a smoker are you? You're a Maduro guy? You're medium full? Where are you at with your smoke? I'm definitely medium to full. Um, I love the Alma Fuerta, uh, Placencia. That's a go-to smoke. Um, any Padron. Um, I'm also you know, a big Nat Sherman fan, so excited to see... Um, my friend Michael Herklotz with uh, his new brand bringing back the, the blends of Nat Sherman. Um, and then Tatuaje. I love, oh, nice. uh, you know, all, all of Pete's blends, um, you know, the, the latest in the Monster series. That was a, a, a fan favorite last year. But I, I go and, and I, in every interview I, I do, I tell folks my purchasing habits when i go to a tobacconist i always ask for a tried and true so one of the cigars that i just described also you know i would throw you know, provide a number nine in there oh, um, big boy usually big dark nicaraguan cigar so i will you know get one of those then i will get the house blend uh whatever is the specialty of the, the sh and then i will try what's new, what is on the market, because I want to be, you know, consumer, but also an informed advocate and someone to ever be like, Hey, have you tried this? And, and be like, so I try everything that comes tomorrow, uh, the new punch, the new CAO, like I, I, I'm first in line to get a lot of these. Um, I can speak on these pods. Uh, it's not not that great things uh-oh we're losing you you there josh can you yep i'm here can you hear me okay there you go the government didn't like all that yeah i'm sorry we start losing <laughs> you <laughs> you know that dc area now what do you pair with your cigar are you coffee i mean i don't know if you drink alcohol you mean tea scotch wine so i like two uh uh, one, of course, a strong black coffee or espresso, uh, diplomatic almost exclusively. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, see, the government, they may say, okay, look, they're shutting you down, Josh. They're, they're breaking up your phone. They're throwing the uh, interruption signals in here on us. 
starting to lose you there. So but before I let you go, is there anything else you want to let the folks know that maybe we didn't touch on in reference to the PCA or just the cigar industry in itself? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, the resources that we discussed, definitely check them out. But also know that we as uh, the staff of PCA are readily question or you know you see something in the news that you know might be restrictive to premium cigars give me a call or, or send me an email um, I pride myself and we pride ourselves as an association that we will at least find the information folks that reach out you know we might not be able to get uh, a win every single time but we're going to work to achieve um you know the goals and, and help people uh find information so you know if if you, any of your listeners or if you have questions in the future know that i'm there and and just give me a call i'm, I'm happy to uh answer any questions and and do some research and help people in the the premium cigar industry you know, cherish their passion and protect it for many years to come. Gotcha. Now, does PCA have any uh, social media presence? Is there anything that folks can look up on Facebook, Instagram, or anything like that, or possibly yep. you that you would like to share? Absolutely. So we're on all of the social media platforms. I think, uh, you know, Facebook is the one that tends to be our, our most prominent. And, um, you know, I'm on all those social media platforms as well. I think in terms of connecting with me personally, LinkedIn is, is the best. I will post a lot of the articles and updates on LinkedIn that are, you know, relevant to premium cigar advocacy and the government affairs process. Oh, man. Well, bro, I thank you for being the guest here on Smoke World, taking the time to sit there and chit-chat educate us on what was going on with the cigar industry thank you sir you be safe thank you appreciate you again folks you can check him out like i said go there look those links up if you got any questions check out the pca great organization fighting for us to smoke what we love to do thanks josh Thank you so much. I, I can't wait to enjoy a cigar with you in the future. You know, our office is uh, right in downtown D.C., right near the U.S. Capitol at Union Station. And you're always invited uh, for a smoke any anytime that you uh, are in town. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode of Smoke World in the Books. I want to thank Joshua Hoperski. Head of Government Affairs from the PCA for being a guest. Again, folks, follow me on Instagram, smokeworld50. Email smokeworld50 at gmail.com. I will check you guys out on the other side. Peace.